0: Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brooke. I'm Diana. And this is episode 61. And today we will be discussing Fear the Walking Dead, season 5, episode 12, Ner Tamid, and episode 13, Leave What You Don't. We will also discuss the movie Can You Forgive Me and the show Mayans MC. Before we dive in, how are you doing, Diana?
1: I am doing excellent. Awesome. Excelente. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I had improv um, on Sunday. We had a show. It was the last one of the session. So it was good. It was fun. And you know, I have watched a lot of movies in the last two weeks. Really? And a lot of them have been movies I've rewatched. Okay. Because we haven't seen
0: each other in two weeks. I know. Whoa. What are you been watching? I'm having
1: withdrawals. Oh, my gosh. Where has she been? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have, Did you see The Shape of Water? I did. Oh, I love that movie. And I loved it back then, but I hadn't mm-hmm. rewatched it. And we actually have it, own it, but we haven't watched it again. Okay. And our our actual DVD did not come in time. So we decided to watch that. I All right. That, I think that was the reason. Anyways... We loved it all over again. Okay. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. Because yeah,
0: exactly. I thought it was good, but I wasn't like
1: I wasn't Along loving it. Yeah, I love the relationship between her, the neighbors, you know, her and him. Oh yeah, um, I I love that relationship that, that they have. Actors, yeah, I love Yeah, him. he's yeah. I forget his so name right good. now, but we talked yeah. about him before. Mm, yeah, we have. Uh-huh. And. um... I like the relationships in the movie, so okay. that's why I really liked it. But um, I also saw, again, A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, cool. And I, again, loved both movies. And I was, you know, Googling uh, Queen's uh, Live Aid performance again.
0: Mm. And... Um, those two movies, we could not stop singing those songs for weeks. I know, right?
1: Weeks. Yes, Weeks. They're so good. Everything is so good. Right. And um, then there was a Stephen King marathon. Oh, wow. What'd you watch? It was, well, I only saw parts of things. I saw parts of Christine, which I didn't think Christine was really one of my favorites, but I was totally like (laughs) stuck to the TV. And I'm like, what's, I can't remember what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? You know, it looks very 80s Mm -hmm. too. And I think that's probably when it was filmed. And I think they had thinner On to. And even though that is not one of my favorite Stephen King movies either, I still wanted to know what was going to happen. I'm like, oh my God, that's right. He's losing all this weight. And uh, because the gypsy cursed him and everything. So I haven't seen Thinner. Oh, yeah. It's not that great. But again, I got sucked in. One of my favorite uh, Stephen King movies besides Carrie and Cujo, but really one of my favorite ones is um, It. No, wait, wait. Uh, my, oh my, oh my God! It's my favorite Stephen King movie, and it's called The Dead Zone. Okay,
0: after our brief. Had,
1: to, had to Google it, <laughs> and look it up because it was killing me. I yeah. love it, and Christopher Walken is so good. And he doesn't play a bad guy or a weird guy in this. He's just a normal guy that you feel so bad for. Have you seen this one?
0: no but hey now that i'm looking at all stephen king movies i'm like oh my gosh there are so many
1: there are so many
0: have it's... you seen there's a recent one 1922 gabriel and i watched it that's creepy oh it i
1: started was... to watch it i didn't finish it mm-hmm.
0: yeah so there's so many good ones stephen king is amazing uh the shining yeah. uh-huh. children of the corn yes i didn't
1: even know he did that oh so. shawshank redemption yeah the green, the green mile, mile misery yes They're so good. Stand by me. Yeah, I didn't get to see all of them. There was
0: it. You know, look how many has influenced us though. Like there's so many. There
1: are so many good ones. I watched The Hangover. Cool. I watched um, Tom Hanks movies. I watched Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah. I watched Dominic's um, favorite Cast Away. Oh, that one always has me crying when he comes back and.
0: Oh, God. I know. Losing it's, yeah. the
1: love of his life. And I'm Aww. just like, ah.
0: Those are good movies. Yeah. You have to call me next time and tell me.
1: what, what When they are or when they. Yeah, they when hate. you're like marathoning yeah. these awesome yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, this is. Awesome. No, I didn't watch everything from start to finish. I'd come in and half of it and sit and watch the rest of it or, you know vice versa. Oh,
0: okay. Cujo is my favorite Stephen King. I love that one. Yeah. I love Carrie also. That's really good. Oh, I really, love that really one good. too. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. Every, like that's like the before Lady Bird, you know, like I think a lot of right. girls can relate to that uh-huh. kind of maybe yes. somehow, you know? Yeah.
1: And John Travolta was in there. He's the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, and I fell in love with William Cat in that. Oh, Way back when, because oh. I loved his curly Ooh, blonde. Yeah, he was hair. <laughs> I know, awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, listeners out there, like these are really good movies, Diana. So we want to know what other movies uh, our friends are watching. Yeah. Because you know these are like kind of TBTS right now. You know, I'm like throwbacks. Yeah. So. So, oh my gosh, all these movies are so good. I just, yeah, I'm so looking forward to re-watching yeah. some of these movies. Um, but speaking of all these movies and actors, I'm curious, like, who is your favorite actor or actress of 2019? That's a, I mean... Kind of a lot to yeah. Oh, right? that's
1: so hard. It's so hard. But when I was watching these, I was reminded of how much I love Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, he's and so and amazing. Woody. Okay, he did do something this year. He was Woody, and I love him. I told you, I'm like all teary eyed, and yeah. And he just moves me. Tom Hanks moves me. He Does Who- so. Um, um, isn't he doing a movie? He's going to do yes. a biography. Yes, uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's can't wait. Come out. Yeah, but um, I was thinking because then I, like I said, I watched Castaway and I was crying on that, and then Saving Private Ryan. I was all teary-eyed in that. I'm like, I love Tom Hanks. I love him. I mean, think of all the movies, everything he's ever done. You know, Forrest Gump and just everything. And I'm like, uh, he's 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 way up there right now for me. Yeah. That's what good What about
0: you? Good pick. Well, for this year, my most influential um, show was Big Little Lies. Yeah. Oh, just love that show so much. Me too. I think it just really, like, just got to me, you know, just the stories. We were so and excited. The, yeah, it was yeah. so freaking good. Um, and, you know, I love the whole cast. Um, and initially, I was going to say... Laura Dern.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. I
0: loved her character so, so much. Mm -hmm. She did such a great uh, power woman. Yeah, she she did. You know, she put up with a lot of, you know, and just (laughs) the way that she she would handle it and deal with it. She she didn't really bottle it, you know? Yeah, no, she did not. That's really good that... um, Uh, You shouldn't have to feel that. You have to bottle it just because you feel like you can't express yourself. Mm -hmm. Express yourself. (laughs) 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 (sighs) (laughs) It's another song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just, you know, and so I really felt that power. Um, through her character. And I loved her characters. So I'm going to go with her.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. I agree. They're awesome. They're both awesome. We have so many more to talk about. We can bring them up every time we have a podcast because there's so many. Yeah. Bring them up, baby. Anyways, let us know, listeners, what you think. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and you can also subscribe to our website and YouTube channel. Let us know. So, Brooke. Yeah. What were your... Overall thoughts on the on Fear the Walking Dead on both these episodes.
0: Yes, well, in episode twelve, the Eternal Light. Um, and actually, I forget the way you say it in Hebrew. I believe it was Oh Nair Tamid. Um, You're good
1: because I I'm like okay, good thing I don't have to introduce those. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I'm like I know I'm gonna say it wrong.
0: I hope I said it right. But um, anyways, I was you know I I kept expecting the worst for some reason. Just I mean yeah. You know, I don't want to say it's because it's sort of that uh, uh, contradictory, you know, right. with the holy place. And, yeah. you know, it could be like, oh, what distrust and whatnot. Right. But that's what I was expecting was mm-hmm. the worst. But it ended up not being exactly the way that I planned or thought. And at first I didn't trust the rabbi. But, you know, then he would redeem himself. And then I didn't trust him again. And then he would redeem himself. Yeah. And so I just felt like he was such a roller coaster trying to figure him out mm-hmm. throughout the episode of 12. And then episode 13, I was pleasantly surprised to see how they started off the episode with Logan. And um, the camera filter was lighter, so it wasn't as dark and dreary. And he was a different person. Yeah. And so I really appreciated that, you know, we're like, we could understand who he is because he was just thrown into the season. And I'm like, uh, I don't get it. You know, so I'm glad they were they, the writers and directors put him in uh, 13. And so we got to see his backstory. Yeah. So I was thankful for
1: that. What about you? So in episode 12, I liked the introduction of Rabbi Jacob Kessner and that we get to see John and June again. Yeah. Along with seeing... How Charlie is coping with this constant moving. Mm-hmm. And then in episode 13, we got to see Logan's backstory. And I was really glad that Sarah found some peace oh, yeah. in this episode. and um, But I am glad we're done with Logan. I'm sorry to say, because I was like, oh, that storyline was just not working for me. And that we finally have some real villains. And I'm inter- interested to see where this leads. And um, it, finally, we get to see where Wendell has been. <laughs> yes. So, our where is Wendell?
0: Right. Working hard. Yeah. So, with um, the rabbi and Charlie, um, you know, the rabbi, I thought he was a really nice character for this episode of 12 And 13, he did appear in 13. So that was really cool. And I had so much hope for Charlie, you know, being that she was set on staying there at the synagogue with the rabbi and, you know, um, integrating the rest of the group there as well, finding, thinking that that was their future home. I'm glad that she learned to, uh, see light through the spiritual place, the, uh, eternal flame. Right. Or eternal light. Uh, So that was really interesting how she really was determined to keep that lit. Right. And um, it seemed like she was able to shine uh, some light on the group. Speaking of light, like all this shiny light right? (laughs) Um, through talking to June and John about what she has learned from the rabbi and just with her hope. And these are all the things that she's been keeping inside. And I'm really glad that she was able to express herself to her foster parents, right? Yeah. Um, and Charlie, you know, as she wanted to find her their future home and settle down, she did take a big risk sneaking out and running away, um, hoping that she could help the group. But that was too risky. I mean, Charlie, you know, you're not...
1: I know. That
0: was very scary. It was. Very inconsiderate.
1: Yeah, that too, because they're going to come out looking for yeah. her. Of course, she probably didn't think she was going to get trapped but of course you might because you're in a world filled with walkers
0: right right and you know she wanted to stay with the rabbi and which would ultimately end up leaving the group which you know she doesn't have to so that she wouldn't have to relive her past Mm -hmm. with the uh vultures i believe yeah the last group was called that she was with yeah and thankfully john and june do understand her feelings
1: yeah. Yeah, because she's afraid of going back to the way she was before. Correct. And I don't know, I, I, I guess I can see her point. Um, it, it is hard to go from place to place. You do want a place to settle. I don't know, it just feels like, yeah, if you're constantly moving, you never know if you're safe. Right. Um. So, but like you said, June tries to reassure her that this isn't the same in that they need to go back to the convoy. Right.
0: It, I think she really did get to June because June felt the same way. Right. Yeah. She was on. She'd been on the run in her past life as well. And so um, this experience really helped everybody. I think. Right. Um, and so then, you know, the rabbi, uh, his backstory was uh, that he left his group because he lost faith yeah and then when he came back he returned to the synagogue and the entire group that he left had ended up turning into walkers and so he then he was able to gather up all the dead and lock them into the facility and then one by one they're like slipping their way out through that little like doggy door. I know.
1: Yeah. It looked like a doggy. door. <laughs> yeah. Dog. And
0: then he just kind of like, you know, he kills the, whichever one that gets out, but then seals up the door mm-hmm. so that they're still stuck in there right behind this glass that will eventually break. And I just was like, why couldn't he just kill them all one by one by letting them all out? Or why did, how did he round them? I don't know. That just seemed really.
1: So uh, although the rabbi seems a little lost, You can easily tell that he hasn't completely lost his faith because he continues to go through ceremonies. And I found it very touching that he prayed for his congregation when he was securing the doors. I don't know. I thought that was a pretty powerful moment when he puts his hands on the glass doors and has that moment um and he doesn't seem afraid at all right like i don't see the fear in him which to me is based on faith because he's not worried if he does die he's not worried where he's gonna go
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: to me i feel yes he probably feels a little bit of doubt but i feel like he's still connected to his faith sure yeah And what did you notice with John and June? I was so happy to see John and June. I bet you were. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, when they were using the ladders to get down from the roof, I was so scared for them. I think I told you the previews that I had seen of John... Looked like he was in a scary position. I was totally worried about it. So I did not want anything to happen to them. And I kept thinking the ladder would slip or break. And there were so many walkers and they do get trapped on the car. And I kept thinking, how are they going to get out of this? And then I thought, how would I get out of this? Oh, my gosh. And if you're on top of a car and you're surrounded, you know, what would you do? Would you wait it out? No. And then would you try to make a run for it?
0: They didn't have a choice. They, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had to leave, right? Because Sarah and Dwight were in need of yeah. the Swati.
1: Yeah. But I always wonder. It's like how, oh, like how long do you wait it out? And then, thank goodness that Rabbi Jacob uses that horn to lure them away.
0: Yeah, you know that horn. The it's called the mm-hmm. uh, shafar. Shafar. <laughs> a chauffeur no chauffeur. just kidding. <laughs> and uh the horn that he blows really hard and is super loud it's yeah. like you know um You'll have to watch the episode to hear the sound, or just Google or YouTube it because it's pretty, it, pretty yeah. dif- definitive sound. Uh-huh. Uh, we have one of those. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, Gabe's mom brought it back for us from Israel. Oh,
1: really? We can't
0: get it to make that sound Aww. at all, <laughs> at all. So it's really hard, and it's like putting a and like a dog chewy. In your mouth because it's oh yeah it's, yeah it's a real animal horn yeah. so and then there's Dwight and Sarah yeah oh my gosh and so in the episode twelve Dwight let well not in episode twelve in the previous episode before twelve Dwight let one of Logan's guys go um and he returned in this episode which Dirty I was guy. pretty su- I mean I was surprised but I wasn't
1: surprised I know. you know I was hoping you know you always hope you can get through to people yeah and change right. right? Uh, so his name is Raleigh
0: or Roly, I'm not sure. Um, well, he came back with Logan's gang and put Dwight and Sarah on a wild goose chase in order to protect the tanker, um, which later we found out that that was a deterrent for Logan in finding the location of the hidden oil field, mm-hmm. quote, a ticket to the promised
1: land, as Logan describes it. Right. Yeah. So I thought that... um, Episode 13 really gave Sarah some room to grow as a character. Um, she realizes what her and Wendell's action of stealing the truck did. It prevented Clayton from helping Serena, I think her name was, at the truck station. And Logan couldn't get there in time either. So this woman, Serena, was eaten by walkers. So, yeah, you know, and that kind of weighs, especially on Sarah, who does have guilt and remorse and everything else. So she's feeling great. So I did this and, you know, you know, this woman died because of it. So I feel like she has to, you know, she feels she has to redeem herself. So there's that one point when uh, the fire has gotten out of control and the walkers are all over the place and Logan doesn't want to stop working on the oil and, and everybody gets into the truck and she goes back. Yeah. She goes back to help him. Um, and she says something like, you know, I got to do this. And um, and it's something she needs to do to make herself right. But this is what I love about our group, that they have this conscience, you know, of having to really do the right thing. Right. Right. I was
0: really proud of Sarah's character to stand up for what she believes in. And I love to see Wendell uh Back her up and let her know that she's not alone. Right. I loved that. That's because she always says that that's her brother. Yeah. So hey, that be the kind of brother
1: that I would want. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. we're in this together. You uh-huh. are not alone, sister. Yeah.
0: I did not know you were feeling like that.
1: <laughs> I always get so scared with Wendell, just because they're all like carrying that wheelchair around, putting it in the back of the truck, and having to carry him. I'm like, oh, what if you guys are. Half the time, people just barely get in a truck in a doorway in a whatever. I'm just like, I'm worried one of these days that he's just not going to be fast enough. They need to get him, like, something,
0: you know, that some really techie Silicon Valley millennial, you know, put him in a bubble and then, like, give him you know like a bicycle thing where the, with the pedals where he could pedal with his hands I know, I
1: know. <laughs> you know something so or, that he's
0: protected yeah in there. or at
1: least something on his arm that's like something that's always strapped to his arm oh. that he can always you know he has that a has, trigger though that has, and then it stabs. but that's when he's I thought that was only when he was on, in his wheelchair. Yeah, in his wheelchair. Yeah, but when he's not... Oh, if he'd fallen yeah, out or something. Yeah, exactly. He needs something oh. that where he can... Yeah, they need that know. Jurassic
0: Park thing that, like, they get into oh, the that round ball? dome. Yeah. <laughs> Roll
1: <laughs> yeah. around. That's
0: what he needs. <laughs> he <laughs>
1: does. Wendell, we love you. We do. So, it was also interesting to see that Strand and Alicia run out of gas at around the same place or marker... That it was when oh, yeah. Logan ran out of gas. Right. So, and they were both heading to the same location to help a person in need. Yes. I so thought that was really, you know, I, I liked that part. I liked that story. I did You know, too. how they you know, reflected on on Logan's time there and now Alicia and Strand's. Yeah. And, you know, they're both trying to help a person that's trapped in the same location from all these walkers. I know. Same
0: location. And Logan was once there, and he remembers that he left that uh, weapon there. Yeah, And she's like, it's only got one bullet. He's like, I know. Sorry. What about Ginny? Oh, my gosh. I was really... Excited to see these horseback people, these riders on horseback. I was too. And their armed forces uh, of settlers and pioneers trying to recruit Luciana, you know, but in a controlling, uh, dictatorship way, I did not, I, I honestly, I did not expect this. You know, they just, they took Logan and his crew out and I just, they're like the wrong, right. wrong type of people that uh, the Morganites <laughs> will end up dealing with. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, she kind of reminds me of uh, Negan.
1: Yeah. It totally.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of disappointing, but it could be good. For this series, exactly, you know, that's true. And so she wants to help, and I, ha- I say help, meaning she wants, you know, she's in it for herself, but she wants um, to help each other by running the quarry and generating the gas in exchange, you know, where everybody can continue to live. Dwight can find his wife, June can find a permanent home for um, the group, and you know, Sarah and Wendell can continue on brewing their beer. So, in exchange for their lives. Yeah. Is how I'm taking it. Right. At this point now.
1: Okay. So, yeah, we know I'm not a fan of Logan's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, she took him out. But at the same time, it's like she took him out and all his people. It's like, how do you trust somebody like that? Well, I they- would want not want to team up with a group like that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, we don't need you anymore. You're not working. So goodbye. Yeah. And she did it with, you know, they all just shot him and were okay. They just it was nothing. Um, pretty accurately too. I know. So I wonder about this new group and what will happen to who they really are. You know, who are they affiliated with? And they're a pretty big group. Yeah. So it's kind of scary, right? Well, they have a lot of horses,
0: they, too. Yeah. So, and why do they need gas? They have so many horses. I know that's so true. My gosh, it's like Mad Max.
1: Yeah. Give me the gas. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: Just so we could drive around. And so. Like you were mentioning about that woman at the truck station with Logan Mm -hmm. and and him letting her know that there was a gun there and that she finally picks it up and says, there's only one bullet left. And Logan says, yeah, I'm sorry. And then she says, don't be, which I thought, I don't know, that kind of really hit me. It was like, oh, I know why you did this. I know why there's only one bullet, you know, and then we hear things play out with the walkers and that was so intense. It was so intense. I, I I actually really loved that moment. And um but then we hear more shots and I'm like, Yay, cause it's West to the Rescue. Loving it. And I know, and we hear his voice over the walkie and he says, I heard Alicia and this person needing help and I thought I want to pay it forward. I love that. So that I was, was like, Yeah. That was awesome. Thumbs up. I know. So what other things did you notice in these episodes, Brooke?
0: Well, the opening graphic design with the um, cooking the oil, which I learned something today. I didn't really understand that you pump oil and then you somehow cook it to separate the gas from the oil, whatever. Yeah. There's like a process. Uh-huh. Like, oh, You don't just get the oil from the ground and like... There's gas. I know. (laughs) So that was really informative. I'm glad that I know. Uh Um, I loved how everyone was so soot
1: covered. I know. Everybody was. Yeah. I was noticing that, too. I'm like, everybody's dirty.
0: Yeah. I'm like, dang. They're like, where do they shower? It's
1: so filthy. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness.
0: But yeah, you're right. There's Wendell. We're finally back with Wendell and the kids. The kids were really brave and they're really growing up and you know max annie and uh dylan they really wanted to be a part of the group in episode 13 it's only showing those three
1: kids though our three kids like what happened to all the other kids yeah they must be with the convoy right oh maybe yeah but when we saw the convoy we didn't see the kids either i kept thinking the kids were here Oh. So I don't know. They're Who knows where they are? Hiding. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so that was that was good to, to kind of freshen up with Max and Annie and uh, everybody. And, um, you know, being that it was so dark and all the walkers were like um, falling over the <gasps> cliff and oh the um, special effects were incredible. Yes. You know, with just they them were. splattering everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, them not busting up their brains so that they were able to just rise and get a hold of Logan and Logan's over there like continuing on and dedicated to spinning the uh turning the wheel when the walkers were like reaching for the rats that thing was really really cool that's that's all a dough to um Annie and and the kids right that's what they the bird boxes yes in uh when they Uh found them which I thought was really
1: a cool uh, idea yeah a good
0: tribute to the kids, and then uh, when they were, they told the kids to leave. Little Dylan was like, uh, "Oh, who's gonna take care of the rats?" Rats, I know. oh <laughs> that yeah. was pretty cute. Yeah, he so is cute. I thought episode thirteen was pretty good with certain special effects, so I'm really happy with that. Mm-hmm. What other things did you notice? Um, these two episodes well we
1: get to see John's sharpshooting skills which I always love yeah he's really good so it's like if it wasn't for him I don't know where they would be um and I liked that we got to see the rabbi and Tess come and help them you know at that location so I thought that was kind of cool to, to bring them back in um And then I saw flirting between Wes and Alicia because he tells her he loves the tree painting skills. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, this is going somewhere here. And I, too, love that the villains are on horseback. I just love the whole Western feel, the horses and the guns and the clothes and the gas and the oil and all the machinery. It It just shows you how valuable that all is, right? If you don't have technology and you don't have you know, the stuff that we have currently, I mean, look, you have to go back to doing so many things manually. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's a very cool thing to see. Yes, And, you know, I really appreciate that everyone wants to help. But I'm hoping that some of them will regain a little bit of a backbone because I'm just, you know, they all want to help. I mean, they all want to just We're helping people. We're helping people. Yes, I want you to help people. I do. But at the same time, it's like Dwight, Daniel, and Strand, they've all done these 180s almost. Don't lose that edge that you have because it is really important. And we need that thinking still. We need you at least to think that way. Maybe not act on it. You know, we don't want you going around killing people that, you know, are good people. But... I mean, look at Daniel. He's like, "I need you, Daniel." (laughs) I know, (laughs) I need you.
0: Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, because with Daniel, Dominic and I are on season two of Fear the Walking Dead. So Daniel's a totally different person, right? You know, Uh in season two than he is in season five. So it's pretty. Yeah, he's come a long way, but yeah, we don't want them to forget. What the world
1: Exactly. That's that's really what it is. It's like don't lose all of it. You know, yes, be a good person. Yes, you know, be with this group, but uh, just keep that edge on you. Just keep it. Mm-hmm. You know. And those are the people, Dwight, Daniel, and Strand, because those were the I, I just feel like they you can't just lose your whole personality. You know, mm-hmm. it's still gotta be there. So yeah. why can't um, they
0: go back to where Daniel's from with all those supplies that he had? I know. I guess because the quarry is here, so they want the gas so bad. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Don't well, know, sure. something's going to happen because I'm sure they're not just going to say, hey, see ya, Luciana. We're doing our thing here. Yeah. Good riddance. We'll see ya. Yeah. It <laughs> kind of reminds
0: me of Eugene, how he stayed and yeah, he put himself forward and stayed. Right. And then we couldn't trust Eugene, but then he redeemed himself. Yeah, he did.
1: We'll see. Uh huh. Yeah. Awesome. Brooke, tell me why do you love *Fear the Walking Dead*? Oh,
0: well, I really love. Okay, so I love the show. You know, I'm watching uh, the earlier seasons alongside of the current season, so I'm really, I really understand the the perception of their personalities and their characteristics and how. They've adapted and evolved into this world and where they are today. Yeah. Um, I love that it's apocalyptic. I'm loving that it's a little bit of Mad Max because I grew up yeah. on Mad Max. Yeah. um really young, but I, I love Mad Max. So I love how that's kind of like the similar world. Um, and so it just entertains me. Yeah. It just grabs me in there. And um, it's not as hateful in their group. And I really like that, too that they're trying to make change, um, heal the world, <laughs> you know, make it make a better it a place. place. <laughs> so yeah, for, for me oh my and gosh. the entire human race, <laughs> there are people. Die- okay. So that's why I love the, uh, fear the walking dead. Yeah. Diana, why do you love fear the walking dead?
1: Because it gives me moments that still make me jump or scream or worry. And I was so worried for John and June on top of those cars. I mean, I held my breath as we waited to hear that gunshot. And then the walkers dropping off the cliff like you were talking about and splattering on the ground and getting up with only half their bodies. I mean, it was (laughs) crazy. So it really does leave me with these moments of you know, fear and worry and like, oh, my God, don't kill my favorite people. And so, um, you know, a lot of shows don't do that, but this one sure does. So that's why I love this show. Great. Okay, Brooke, who does your award go to? What was your favorite quote, character or moment in these episodes? Well, there are a lot of good
0: moments and there are a lot of good characters this two episodes but i'm gonna go with charlie yay yeah she's young she's brave she's compassionate diplomatic she took a big risk Mm -hmm. uh she still has a lot to learn but i think she is going in the right direction and i think she has come a long way Mm -hmm. and she deserves to be taken seriously so i'm proud of you charlie how about you who would your award go to character quote or moment
1: It would go to Luciana. Lucy. She is a hard worker, and she's brave, and she's protective, and she's selfless. Mm. And she doesn't mind getting her hands dirty. Um, She doesn't put others at risk. And she sacrifices herself to save all the others. And I was thinking how hard it must have been to watch the people you love drive away. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she is so selfless that maybe she just doesn't see it that way. She just sees it as something she needed to do and just another job that needs to get done. So I say kudos to Luciana. Awesome. So what else are you currently watching?
0: Well, I'm kind of like you. I, you know, I have just been watching like a lot of random, um, movies and, um, I haven't really been watching shows. So I did catch a couple of new movies. Um, well, they're new to me, and one of them is called Can You Ever Forgive Me? And it's Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. and she's playing a person named Lee Israel, and this is a, based on a true story. Yeah, And Lee Israel is a writer, and she is, like, completely lost, in and she just doesn't have anything good that she is working on, and so she's going to her agent, give me something, yeah. I'll do it. Like, she... You know, she'll do anything. Uh, Her cat is sick. She can't afford to pay for her (laughs) cat. She's got Uh like $12 in her wallet. They won't fix the cat. Um, So she ends up deciding to do something extremely devious. And she starts copywriting these um, letters from these authors and selling them to collectors. And she's like making all this money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which did you hear about this story before the movie came out? Um, I did
1: not know about the story before it came out. No. Okay.
0: Yeah. So then like the FBI is on to her. I mean, this is a huge scam, but it's just her and her friend. Yeah. And she's got like a zillion typewriters because this is, you know, these letters are supposed to be old and worth tons of money. Yeah. And these letters are like uh, very personal. So they're worth so much. I mean, thousands of dollars. Uh, for one letter to uh somebody's uncle or a nephew or right. like a personal letter okay. so it's just an, an amazing what this person um ended up doing just to survive I know. it's not like she's like rolling a dough like some drug lord out there with a the mansion <laughs> yeah. and you right. know security she's just making it making her ends meet um, and her friend uh the character uh, who helps her he's, an amazing actor. His name is Richard E. Grant. Uh, he just did such a good job as yeah, his yeah. portrayal. So I'd have to look up uh, if he was nominated for Best Supporting. I heard
1: that they both were. Yeah, She
0: was up for Best Actress, uh-huh. and then he was up for Supporting. Them I think so. Because uh-huh. he definitely... Earned that title. Uh-huh. I mean, he did an amazing yeah. job. Um Melissa McCarthy's husband, he cameoed in the Yeah, he always cameos yeah. in
1: her movies. Yeah, he yeah. did good.
0: And then Jane Curtin, uh, she played the agent. Oh, that's right. She's mm-hmm. she's also really good too. Um, I remember her from Coneheads. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. So it was a really good movie. I recommend it. Um <laughs> I
1: just forgot about that. I love that. I love the Coneheads. Yeah. They're so funny.
0: Yeah, and and Melissa Mc- The reason why I wanted to see because Melissa McCarthy oh, like she exactly. totally transformed mm-hmm. like who you know her persona to be this character and she she did such a good job. Like I don't I don't know how to I really act. do
1: like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I I think she's a a phenomenal actress.
0: Yeah. I totally love her because she yeah. does a lot of comedy. Yeah, and you know I just think of bridesmaids and uh-huh. identity theft. And this was completely, like, across the spectrum. Yeah. Like, totally, totally different. Like, mm-hmm. she she owned this movie. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, the other movie that I watched was called Thoroughbreds. And this movie was really good. Um, it's about two childhood friends. And they're in high school. One friend seems really disturbed, awkward, like, has no emotion at all. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And um, she has a case on her for animal cruelty. They explain why she has that charge. Um, Her friend is, they're like wealthy in Connecticut. So then her friend is like extremely wealthy, upper class. And, you know, they they were friends when they were younger, but then they came together in high school and then they ended up um, conspiring a murder. (gasps) Oh! Really? So it's a dark wow. comedy. Oh it's extremely goodness. dark. I didn't actually know that it was supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. But I read about it. And I'm like, oh, dark comedy. Okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, like like the way that they interact with each other, uh-huh. you, you kind of chuckle. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is weird. But I can understand how it's a dark comedy now that I've read about it and seen it. And um, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Um but I just haven't. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to just watch it. Yeah. You know, and I was pleasantly surprised and um, happy about this movie. You know, it was really good. Yeah. It was pretty oh, cute. Oh, good. And I love teen movies.
1: Yeah. So it was this, on Netflix
0: or what? This one was on one of the premium channels. I think uh-huh. it was Stars. Oh, okay. Um, and then Can You Ever Forgive Me was on, I believe, HBO yeah. or yeah. Showtime, something uh-huh. like that. So these movies are really good, you guys. You got to check them out. Corey Finley wrote and directed... Thoroughbreds. Okay. What else have you watched other than Stephen King, Tom <laughs> Hanks?
1: Yeah. Shape
0: of Water. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> um,
1: I um I am watching Mayans MC the second season. It it played. You know, I just watched the second episode uh, last night. Today's Wednesday. Watch it. too. It's on Tuesdays. People watch this, especially if you are a uh, Sons of Anarchy fan. Uh, there's so many Easter eggs in this. It's, it's really good. Uh, okay. The, you know, you can catch up quickly. There's only been one season, but the second season's already started. um, And yeah, I I just can't even wait till next Tuesday. I'm like, Mm. wait, I can't wait that long. I don't know. It just, it's been, you know, it's a little slow in the beginning. And not slow. It's not slow. But you know, for me, I'm like, okay, let's go along. But you have to, right? You have to have these characters develop. You have to see where everybody's at in their life and and what things mean to them. And so um, I just really recommend it. And Um, I was telling Brooke before we started recording that this show is like the third most watched show Um, below Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. And this is third. So that's how popular it is. So people are really watching it. So. All right. I think people should tune in. Um, I also watched just a couple episodes of A Black Lady Sketch Show. It is created, written and produced by Robin I don't know if it's Theed. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Have you seen this at all? Mm -mm. Okay, this is like SNL, but with black women in it. And it is funny. It's actual sketch. And it's funny and they keep tying back. They'll do a scene and then they'll do another scene and then, they're not, and then it'll tie back and they'll come back to this scenario and do it again. It's It's funny. It is really funny. And I cannot believe that this woman did all this, that she wrote it, directed it, produced it. I mean, that's like crazy to, you know, that just shows how talented she is. So it's on HBO and it's just funny. So if you just want to watch something funny, tune in. It's, All right, It's great um, For movies, I also watched uh, Woodstock The Netflix uh, PBS Documentary yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shown only through archive footage Narrated by organizers and attendees And, you know I've, you know Loved the whole idea of Woodstock I've listened to the musicians, you know, Woodstock I, I appreciate it so much But to watch this documentary Reminded me of a time that I don't know that could ever exist again. There were 400 or 500,000 people here, 500,000 people. If you just see the pictures of how many people were there, you are astounded. These people were there to listen to music and in peace. 500,000 people over a long weekend in peace peace they ran out of food they didn't have toilets it rained It lightning even though it was in the middle of summer it was you know near new york on some farm they tried to uh, book a place they couldn't get permits people didn't want hippies in their town because you know hippies were like not a good thing at this you know in this era and um so here you get all these people coming to listen to music and even though you're and there is gridlock. Getting to there, per uh, artist, couldn't even get to the venue because it was so much traffic. But the thing that's so amazing was that everybody was there, and there was peace, peace, no fighting, no awful things happening in peace. Can you imagine that? People ran out of food and uh local people, families went and made food and brought it to them because they said, hey, these people are starving. We need to give them food. Aww. And so I'm thinking this could never happen. People nowadays would be suing this person because there wasn't enough toilets and that we ran out of food and that we have to wait this long. And I I, just, I was just amazed. And so much good music came out of this. The very first act that played, I believe his name is um, Richie Havens. He wrote Freedom. You can look this up. Or not wrote it. He played it on the spot. It was a song, an impromptu song, because he was supposed to go on way later, but none of the artists were there. He had, They pushed him to go first because he was the only one there. So he had to ad-lib this song. Nice. And you can YouTube this song right now. It was amazing. So was it? I
0: because I I had seen the uh, advertisements for the, the show because I watched PBS every day. Um, was it their anniversary for what? Yes. What? Well, how many years has it been? I
1: think it's um, what year? was I think lista? it was in the sixties. So, so, so it must have been sixty-nine so 60 years then. Yeah. Or... Fifty years. Fifty years. 50 years? Yeah. Okay. Fifty years. That's
0: what I was trying to do that. Yeah, okay.
1: and then of course the highlight of the show. Well. A lot of people say it's a highlight, and I would think it's a highlight, is um, Jimi Hendrix playing the Star-Spangled Banner. I mean, I can watch. I watch that. and I love his jacket. I want his jacket so bad. And uh, just that, him playing it. And he was played on Sunday morning or Monday morning. He wasn't supposed to play in the morning. He was supposed to play at night the night before. And it's just crazy. I just love that something could come together with so many people at peace listening to music. That's the yeah. part that amazes me. And that I just find so inspirational. And I think people need to view it just because it's like, oh, something in history that did define an era. It really did. That's what it's called in, you know, part of the title. Um, And it really did. And it's just, I, I, I appreciated it very much. Cool. I can't wait to watch it. And I just want to bring up quickly, and I know that you weren't the biggest fan of this, but I just saw The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix. It's a 2018 film that encompasses six vignettes about life out in the Old West. And it's written, produced, and directed by the Coen brothers. And I found it funny and sad and brilliant. And I was pleasantly surprised by this film. Yes. So I I really did enjoy it. Like I said, I think because I wasn't expecting anything. hmm And I just thought the acting was so well done. Um, Everything was so unexpected. A lot of good actors. Because people just died. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened in the Old West. People just got killed and they died. And that's what happens in a lot of these. So I think that's surprising because you always think things are going to have a happy ending. And um, most of them don't. So I really appreciated that. Yes. Well, cool. So...
0: Good recommendations. Thank you, Diana. Thank you.
1: Thank you for yours. (laughs) And that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in. And we hope that something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please, please, please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We honestly would love more members of our TV club. And we really would like it. If you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we need your feedback.
0: We will also be uploading a new episode Tuesday, October 1st. The next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, season five, episode 14 and 15. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye.